Today on The Breakdown, he's back, and he ain't James Bond. He's back, and he ain't The Rock. He's better than both of them at poker because he's Tom Dewan. He's the guy who all other things are in orbit around. It's Thomas Duanis, and he's playing at the Hustler Casino Live. It's a $200, $200, $400 game with a $200 ante as well. Big blind ante, that is. And, of course, he's got over a quarter million dollars in front of him. And let me just tell you something about Tom Dwan in this hand. Tom Dwan has nine high at all points of this hand. He never doesn't have nine high at all points. And Tom Dwan is going to be faced with some, well, he's going to be faced with some interesting decisions. Being that he only has nine high, he's going to make some interesting decisions as well, not just be faced with them. He's going to make some surprising, unusual decisions with this nine high. I will spoil no more of this hand, but nine high, man. Nine high. Thomas Dwanis, let's go with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey. Yeah, I don't think you could have made it much longer with, with the opening. It felt like you were just kind of breaking down mentally there by the end. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, if when you're in it, you don't know. Right. You know, to me, it feels normal. It feels just like, you know, a walk in the, a walk in the playground. Right. Because you often walk in playgrounds? Well, if I did, it would feel... If I did often walk in playgrounds, it would feel normal. But you can't actually admit that you often walk in playgrounds because there are legal repercussions <laughs> for you admitting that. I can walk within a 1,000 feet of playgrounds but not, without an but issue. But not closer than Well, it de- so it depends on if you think that's close, and it's all relative, right? Like, I think it depends you... on if the city thinks that's close. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's not really the city. It's more of a state state matter. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. There's some state lines crossed also. Oh, I see. Some federal stuff, too. Oh, I see. Yeah. That's a funny joke. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, Tom Dwan. Tommy Dwani. You mentioned James Bond in the opening, and it, it gave me an idea. And we don't have the video skills or production value or money that we want to throw at it but a funny poker video that i would like to see that some i want somebody to make is like uh james bond like acting all classy being all handsome wearing a suit like drinking martinis playing in a super high stakes game with like michael adamo and justin bonimo and just like Mm. getting wrecked and trying to act cool about it just like losing millions of dollars and like they're just like destroying him because he's terrible compared to them and Try that cool. About yeah, there's it. probably something there. James Bond style. James Bond style. Daniel yeah. Craig. Just get Daniel Craig to do it. I'm, I'm imagining, I don't know how many, this might be a dated reference at this point, but the Pete Holmes thing, um, Batman, yes. like kind uh, of like a version of that, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. That was, that's very good if you guys haven't seen that. Yeah. The, some of the, the early Batman stuff. Yeah. Like, quite good. Like the James way. Bond will like look all cool and be like, I'm all in plus my car outside. And they'll be like, you can't. You can't do that. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, you can get really whiny at points. Yeah. James Bond style. James Bond style. Cool. Hey, um, there's some stuff I want to talk about. Oh, should we, bring, should we bring the lights down low? That'd be great if we could maybe put on a little Barry White. Cynthia. Cynthia. <laughs> Cynthia. Oh, we're not doing poker time right now, so Cynthia's, you know, technically deceased, but she's okay. Here's the thing that happened, and I want to know your opinion on it, Grant. I would love to give my opinion on so, it. So this is... Like two hours ago, this happened. Well, okay. as we're recording, um, it's day two of the World Series of Poker main event. It's day two B. Actually. We are, to give context, we're recording this on Wednesday, November 10th. Yeah, so you're hearing this. You already know who won the World Series. Yeah. We don't know anything. Um, Phil Helmuth, and this may, this may have ended up being nothing. I'm going to guess this ends up being nothing. But this also could end up being a big thing, and everyone knows about it by the time you're hearing this. I'm not sure. 
Phil Hellmuth tweeted this. I'm going to skip a little bit of the middle, but here we go. Day two of the best tourney of the year. It's an endurance test. I have the knowledge to win it. I have the skill to win it. Not sure I have the stamina. Herculean effort. I'll use at Brain Fuel, which I use. Oh, it's a, it's a sponsor thing. Right. And possibly Adderall. Ha. Huh. That's what he wrote. So I'm just going to give you the floor to react to that if you have any reactions. I, uh, I don't really have a huge reaction. I mm-hmm. think that's a relatively common thing among yep. people who play a ton of poker. I never have used Adderall as an aid for poker. I drink a lot of coffee. And then, you know, last level beers, of course, is the only inebriance that I have when I play poker. I could see a scenario where if somebody offered it to me and I was like desperate, maybe that could be useful. Now, just I'm not sure if you know this or not, since you've never taken it. Adderall is a controlled substance and would be illegal to take without a prescription by the letter of the law. And right. I, I, I certainly we know po- no. many poker players take Adderall when they're playing and probably don't have a prescription for it. And right? I don't think anybody cares. Really, I don't know. I don't, that think, the, cares. I don't think the law cares, right? Unless you're, uh, yeah. unless you're dealing it in huge quantities. I don't to think like the teenagers. Law- yeah. yeah, to high schoolers. I think you're right. Still, Phil Home you th- now, now he very well probably he probably has a prescription for it. Honestly, yeah. Um, but it's weird to talk about it this way, I think, for a few reasons, right? One is it's odd because he's Phil Helmuth and his whole thing is this white magic. Right. I'm the best. I, so then saying, like, I'm going to use a drug to help me is surprising that he would say that to me. It Not is, a big deal, that, but surprising. That, that piece is a bit surprising, but he's already... Maybe he felt like the ability to do that because he was in the process of saying he was going to use brain fuel, whatever that is. Yes, but maybe. The, I, I assume brain fuel is not super happy that he did that, by the way. With the Adderall part. Yeah, the sponsor is probably not super thrilled to be like, oh, by the way, brain fuel, whatever that is, yes. it's not actually enough. I need Adderall too. Yeah. He, of course, has a little video of him like drinking it, making sure you can see the thing on camera. I mean, the whole thing is like the sponsor stuff. Can this really work? Does brain fuel, I know we're talking about it, but does, do people actually buy this stuff? I can't believe anyone buys this well, stuff. Well, I mean, we'll see. I, yeah. I guess we will if we really want to do research. He's we're not going to see. He's wearing a Bitcoin platinum hat, which, of course, is the cryptocurrency that he's like, part of a, an early investor in has been like shilling since like he's been on a high stakes duel. But as far as I know, I've never heard anyone else talk about it. And I, as you know, am pretty deep in the crypto world. Yeah. Never heard anyone else breathe a freaking word of this thing. Of Bitcoin platinum. But yeah, if, I, I've yeah. never heard of it. Right. But he's wearing a big hat. He's taking a shot. I mean, you know, why not try and be a billionaire, right? I don't blame him for that. But I just don't know that. I, don't, I question the power of his sponsorship stuff. And, and most people's, in fairness, yeah. including ours. To get back to the Adderall thing, <laughs> yes, I was actually kind of, this is serendipitous in a slight way, because I was just uh, talking to you, Jonathan, about how I'd recently done some travels, and on those travels, I'd, I'd finally gotten around to reading Maria Konnikova's book, Oh yeah, which is like one of the rare poker books that makes it to New York Times bestseller, about her journey of like being a nobody who doesn't play poker at all, except for she's like a New Yorker writer, to having the access to people like Eric Seidel and all the top players to coach her on poker and actually having a little bit of success within the course of one year. And it's a, it's a pretty interesting book, Hmm. but there's a scene in there in particular where she's made the final table of what ends up being her biggest spot. Um, and she's exhausted and she's walking by this bar at the PCA, you know, cause all the high rollers are all around and she knows all these guys at this point. Like this, right. she has just incredible access to like Phil Galfon and Scott Siever and Jason Kuhn and whoever. So like, like obviously oh my God, a New Yorker writer, of yeah, course she's, I'll talk to you about it. She's quite advantaged as far as like yeah. her poker learning. Um, Fair enough. And they beckon her in, even though she wants to go to bed. And so she goes in there, and she tells them all about how tired she is. And it, she no, she names the players who are there, at least some of them. And and I guess they probably don't have a problem with this, but like she mentions that they offer all these different drugs and stuff. Really? Yeah, like Adderall is one of the things. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. Um, I looked up Brain Fuel 
Okay. Which, by the way, is not spelled brain fuel. I'm even going to spell it so because for a reason right now. It's B-R-E-I-N-F-U-E-L. So first question is, how many Twitter followers do they have, is your guess? 1,400. 351. Wow. By the, that, that's as we're recording. Now, how many Twitter followers are they going to have by the time people hear this? So now the Phil, Phil is now clearly a sponsor. Yeah. He's working it. He's making videos. This, may be, this is the first time I've ever seen anything of it, not that I follow him closely. How many are they going to have by the time this actually comes out like a month later? 1,800. I'm going to go a little higher, but maybe like 3,000. But I'm going to say 3,000 like with an anchor, not with a bullet. Like, like a very slow 3,000 that it does, you know, like it's not going to matter for them. I don't think this company is going to make it without why, doing anything. Why would anybody follow brands that create consumables on Twitter anyway? Like, why would you follow Oreo or anything? <laughs> without, yeah, that's a really good question. If, unless there's a contest where you can get something out yeah. of it, right? I get... I'm trying to think if I follow any brands. I don't think I follow... I follow... Nope, I don't follow any brands. Because why would you? But people do. Like, if I look up... Uh, pick pick one. Pick any brand. Pick a big brand. I'll look Apple. Up. I assume oh, Apple probably has a ton of followers. Yeah, let, let's not even do Apple. Apple's almost its own weird thing. Let's do Oreo. Okay. How many, how many followers does Oreo Cookie have? Two and a half million. The answer is... No, no. 968,000, though. I mean, still. Still, Why? It doesn't make, maybe it, a lot it, of that did come from contests. I would guess. But probably why did. are people still following? Because they they're tweeting. You people know, don't, people don't go through and and they're tweeting pretty regularly. People don't pare down their Twitter follows. It's so easy to pare down the Oreo one. They yeah. just click unfollow. They they only follow thirteen hundred. So really, it isn't even like a lot of these things where they they follow and you give a follow back. That's and it's not like that's not brands. That's like individuals who yeah are maybe you're fake right. famous. Anyway, Oreo is definitely not doing that. Now some of these followers may be fake anyway, but to what end? Yeah, like who's Oreo trying to impress? It doesn't matter. They're gonna just sell straight off the shelves anyway. If Jonathan Levy's in town, you got that right. Yeah, they're the best cookies of all time, and everyone knows it. Anyway, let's not get into that. Um, so that was that was the first thing. Yeah, that was the first thing. There's one other thing so too. I want to oh, yeah. oh, finish please. up the Adderall because that was like the okay, main cool. piece of, that you're talking of about. Course. So of course. So me reading this in the Konakova book, which was you know very popular, makes me think that the kind of the gate's been opened as far as like mm. talking about that stuff, and it's not really that that off limits to to talk about that because it's just true. It's yeah. just what people do. I, I wonder if Phil's going to catch any flack for like if he has a prescription, like maybe he'll follow up and say that, but by not saying that. It sort of implies, like, hey, poker players, you should probably be pay, taking Adderall if, if he's going to catch flack for that messaging. I, I mean, I, yeah, go ahead. I think the thing about Adderall, and I'm not, I'm not that well versed as far as Adderall is concerned, but my understanding is it's a, like unless you do something absurd with it and take absurd amounts, it's not that dangerous of a drug. I mean, sure, that's yeah. true for lots of things though that are illegal and people still sometimes get in trouble for. You know, sure. So I'm not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying he should get in trouble for I don't it. think he will. Yeah. I don't think so either, but I could see worlds where it's problematic for him too, especially if he doesn't have a prescription. Like he a, doesn't. Like, if he, he does... He absolutely if, might. If he does, it's like from one of those doctors that just yeah. gives whoever a of prescription. Of course. Yeah. No, of course. That's why he would have it. I agree. Yeah. But, like that, but that's a big difference, I think, too. Like, by the way, Scott Hirsch, who is a somewhat known player, did tweet, it's a controlled substance. This is grounds for disqualification. Ha. So, like... That's the only person I think now it's a pretty new tweet still. That's the only one I just look quickly. The only one that was sort of like that, but I would expect there are going to be at least some other voices like that. Is that actually part of the world series of poker bylaws that if you are known to take a controlled substance during the world series of poker, it's grounds for disqualification. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, Phil Hummuth can threaten to burn the building down and not get kicked out. So what the hell? 
I don't know. I guess marijuana is legal in Nevada now, but even before it was legal, I'm quite sure walking <laughs> out, walking outside during during breaks on the Rio, people were using those controlled substances. It's not about that though. It's yeah. about it's, it's about doing it openly and also encouraging others. And of course, Phil Hummuth being using one of the bigger platforms to do it. Again, to be clear, while I've been very critical of Phil Hummuth in the past, very very recently, yeah, I actually am not critical of this. I'm just more wondering about it. Yeah, like, that's fair. I don't have a big problem with him saying this. I could see him getting in a little trouble with it though. Even though I don't, I think he's just being like pretty normal, actually. Yeah, I don't, though, I don't have a problem with yeah. it either. I, I have a friend who has taken Adderall and played poker, and he says it's like everything is like in Technicolor, like it's like everything sort of slows down. You really do focus better, and he thinks it actually makes him a better player. Hmm. But I, I wouldn't know. By the way, Oreo Cookie Twitter yeah. account, the most recent tweet. You is, following? You following? I'm considering it. <laughs> uh, these, this is pretty good stuff. Frozen Oreo cookies. I-Y-K-Y-K, which, of course, if you know, you know. And I'm like, frozen Oreo cookies. Never even thought about that. Wouldn't know. I'm getting some useful stuff out of this. I may, be have, to, may have to be follower number 968,401 because, holy moly, is there just other great stuff? Like <laughs> if you're hungry. And then Oreo liked it themselves and said, first like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these guys are strong. What's the best Oreo and why is it? And then it says redacted. I mean, these guys are working the social media. I'm loving this account. All right, let's get on to the next thing. You know what's really good, though? Frozen what? Snickers bar. Yeah. I mean, frozen most candy sweets are almost always really good. But a frozen cookie is not something I've ever even heard of. It sounds like it would be too hard. I'd be worried about it, but... If you know, you know, you know? I guess so. But like the outer shell of a Snickers is thin enough yes. that when it's frozen, it's not going to cause you a tooth problem. Maybe the, um, the chemical composition of an Oreo is such that it doesn't get harder than it already is. And so the crunch is the same, but it's like this weird cold thing. And maybe it changes some of the flavor, uh, the way the flavors mix together. I don't know, but I'm pretty eager to try it out. <laughs> <laughs> you seem eager. Yeah. Um, here's another thing that's come up a lot lately in poker. Like it was a big, big thing. To the point where I wondered if we were even going to do a breakdown on this hand, but I don't think we really can because it's a limit. Is this the other thing? Is this piece two that you wanted yes. to talk about? Okay. So in the World Series of Poker... Oh, is this the Jungle Man thing? Yes. Uh, with three players left, Ryan Lang, who was the big chip leader at the time, raised from the small blind with ace, I think, five offsuit. And uh, this, they're playing Limit Hold'em because it's the Poker Players Championship and then mm-hmm. it's mixed games. Jungle Man defends with not that many chips back with King-Queen. The flop is ace high. Ryan, it's like ace jack x. Ryan Lang for some reason checks, which it really doesn't make any sense when you're when you're playing limit hold'em here. Like it's almost always a bet. Well, how how well versed are you in limit hold'em tournament strategy? Um, somewhat versed, not as well versed. By the way, was it to be clear? I don't know if I said it wrong. He didn't make two pair. He just made top pair, yeah, like yeah. a weak top pair. But like Jungle Man is calling with all pairs here. Yeah, like you know that. And you're always betting this board, pretty much. It's very rare. I mean, if you have a jack, maybe you check this board. If you have kings and queens, maybe you check this board, and maybe a few give-ups. But like as a limit hold'em player, you're always betting it, especially when you're the big chip leader and he's short. This is just like a bet. So checking is just really odd. There may be some limit hold'em strategy, tournament strategy stuff that I'm not as familiar with, though. It's true. Because you've only basically played like a couple limit hold'em tournaments I've probably ever. played seven to ten in my life. i played like four, four or five World Series events. Um, I have friends who've, you know... Done very, very well, but not me. Yeah. So I don't know if that... And we haven't talked a lot of tournament strategy. So anyway, that's not the point, though. So he checks. That's weird. Um, Jungle Man, I, I believe it goes bet, I believe. And then, uh, yeah, Jungle Man bets, Ryan calls. Okay. So far, so good. Turn is a brick of some sort. Uh, check, check. The river's a king. Ryan Lang now bets for value. He bets mm-hmm. 600000 which is the only amount he's allowed to bet. Of course. Jungle Man with king, queen... Thinks he has the best hand. Yeah. 
raises to 900,000, which is all he has. Yeah. So he raises in for half a bet more. Yeah. And Lang shows an ace and folds. Oof. Shows his ace and folds, right? So he was getting 11 to 1. Yeah. Um, and he wrote a whole long tw- Twitter thread about it, which was actually really great. You know Ryan Lang a yeah. little bit because you played with him at your final table at the World Series. Yeah. He finished second, I think, in that. that That's one. right. Um, and he basically said, this was one of the worst folds, and I, I'm excited to learn about it, and it was really cool with what he wrote. And the consensus, at least among like poker Twitter, I don't know about like high-end players, but among poker Twitter seems to be that Ryan Lang's an idiot for folding. That was a terrible... That's one of the worst folds anyone's ever seen. Certainly, people talk that way in our Discord as well. Um, and the thing that strikes me is, as a limit hold'em player, it seems very obvious to me that that is not by any means the worst play in this hand. It's Jungle Man moving in? It's Jungle Man raising. Jungle Man raising is horrific. Horrific. Um, he definitely wasn't bluffing. He was yeah. 100% going for value. And then if you think about it, what hands is he trying to get value against? Weaker Kings. That check call the flop after raising pre? Maybe a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Seems unlikely. Like, you would think he's got a lot of two pairs that decide to, like, check call the flop and suddenly lead the river when a king comes. Yeah. He has some weaker Kings. The well, fact it worked that, out you know, great for Jungle Man. I mean, it worked out amazing. The fact that Jungle Man was so short probably emboldened him to go for it. Where he's like, yeah, what the hell? Maybe he's just going to call with a weaker king anyway. And if I'm beat, I only have half a bet left anyway. So who cares? Yeah. And then, by the way, Jungle Man ends up winning the, the bracelet. Right. So, like, and Lang finished the second. So this fold is the difference between Jungle Man finishing third and first. But it's, it just really strikes me that how, um, I believe anyway, how people seem to be caught up in what, like, the the result rather than the process here. We're like, Lang folded, and we can see that it was incorrect. And so then people are like, that was terrible. I actually don't think it was terrible. I think it was a perfectly fine fold and would argue that in that exact spot, Jungleman is bluffing way less than one in 12 times. Like, maybe never. Yeah. Um, if so, maybe one in 100. But then like, you have to add in the times he overvalues his hand, which I guess you wouldn't really think Jungle Man's going to do. I would never in a million years think he could overvalue King Queen there because I don't understand why he did overvalue King Queen there. Now, maybe he can come up with a really cool explanation. And if we know that, he's, you're right. He's certainly change. a candidate who can explain why oh, yeah. he did it. Yeah. I don't know that he's much of a limit hold'em player. He's a no-limit guy. Yeah, but his brain probably works in a way that could figure some stuff out. I mean, yeah. I, I wonder if, like, given time to think about it, if he would agree that that was a bad raise. Um, I think he would, because I can't think of a hand that he can get value from, really, especially when we see Ryan folding an ace, yeah. where Jungleman Campbell never thinks he has an ace, of course, because right. he check-called the flop instead of did something else. The check on the flop is the, the crux of the hand. Yes. Yes. By the way, Jungleman could have just three-bet the king-queen pre-flop, and then Ryan been, would never have been able to fold at yeah. any point, because there would have been no chance for Jungle Man to get him off the hand. Pretty, uh, it's really unlucky for Pretty Ryan. significant parlay for Jungle Man to end up winning that event. Incredible. By the way, so Ryan shows the ace and folds, and Jungle Man just starts giggling and flips his hand over and is like, it was a bluff, it was a bluff, when it clearly wasn't. Yeah. He's like joking and laughing just hysterically because he can't believe that happened, you know? At like a super big spot, too. Well, yeah. Like, the, I mean, Jungle Man won like a million dollars more than he otherwise would have won or something like that, you know? Really incredible. Anyway, I just wanted to bring it up because, to me, the, the talk is so much about this fold is terrible when, to me, it's like this raise is terrible, this fold is reasonable. Now, I wouldn't have played the hand the way Ryan Lang did anyway, because I would have always bet the flop. And mm-hmm. then I would have bet the turn, by the way. <laughs> and if I was checking the flop, I would have checked raise the flop, I think, a lot to get you know, value out of worse hands, because that's just how it works. Uh, but like, I just, I just can't believe 
I can't believe the whole hand happened, and I, I'm surprised at the, the way the rhetoric is on, in the world about it. That's all. Hmm. Just wanted to talk about it. Well, now we did. Okay. I guess you don't have much to say about that. I huh? don't, really. I mean, I'm not a limit guy. Yeah. I don't know shit about that game. Fair enough. I mean, you know a little. You know Hold'em. I know Hold'em. And I did play Limit for a little bit. Yes, with, you did. With your tutelage. Yeah. Um, you lost a little money, right? I can't remember. I, I won a little money. Oh, did you? Yeah. Even better. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Anyway, you mentioned Discord. Of course. Uh, this, cool. uh, this hand is going to be solved by one of our solvers, Wesley Cannon. We haven't seen the results of the solver yet. At the end of the episode, we are going to take a little break, come back, and talk about what the solver said and see how it jived with what we had to say. Wesley will, of course, post his findings in, in, in their entirety on our Discord. You can find a link to that in the description of this podcast. It's a fun place to be, talking about movies, TV shows. I just asked, what's, what's the most popular episode of Seinfeld? Because Jonathan and I have a disagreement. Oh, my God, Not yes. Gonna, I guess it's, it'll be long enough Yeah, we out. can talk about it. So I, I think the soup, the soup Nazi is the most popular episode. And Jonathan it's thinks, possible you're right. Jonathan thinks the contest is the most popular. I'm going with the contest. Be, you might be right. I, no soup for you is probably the most quoted thing. Oh, in, for in sure. That's, history, that's right? for sure. So that may, that may just carry it. But I feel like, I don't know, man. When I think of Seinfeld, I don't think of the soup Nazi. I think of other things. So, You're, But we're lot in things seeing the population. I know, I know, I know, I know. What can I do? I only, <laughs> have my, I only have myself here. Hey, um, here's, some, uh, here's some more great tweets from the Oreo account. Oh, really? We got more. You know what's really scary? This is just before Halloween. What? People who don't know what Oreo cakesters are. <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> There's a lot of that kind of stuff. What is a glass of milk if not a tiny pool for Oreo cookies? By the way, that tweet got 736 likes, 83 retweets. Who is retweeting this and why? Why are you retweeting that? They either work for Oreo yeah. or they are not very smart. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, you know, as we go through it, if there's any other good Oreo tweets, I'll... I'll oh, of course, of course. You'll be, you'll, you won't be paying attention to the hand at all. You'll just be scanning through Oreo's Twitter timeline. I mean... <laughs> Sounds great. I mean, that is what's currently happening. I'm yeah, not going to no, lie. Yeah, I see that. Not going to lie. This is, by the way, I'm currently looking at a picture of a wheelbarrow full of Oreos. <laughs> Does that make you want Oreos? No, actually. They look too small and, like, chintzy. But you know that that's just a perspective thing. But still, it doesn't make me want them. That's, that was the question. So you want like a close-up high-res picture of an Oreo. And I mean, I'm looking at a that'll, lot. That'll, that'll, that'll whet your whistle. I'm looking at a lot of pictures of Oreos. Chocolate marshmallow Oreos. That's, I've had those. They're actually not that great. They're not that great. Good tip. Good tip. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Hey, you know, this, this is something I actually do know about Oreos. Yeah. And this is not me looking it up right now, but they are vegan. Which is interesting because this mm. hand was suggested by part-time vegan. Wow. I that's awesome. Maybe only the only time they're vegan is when they're eating Oreos. Perhaps they're part-time vegan. Huh. Are they really, are they really vegan or you just said that to make it all fit together? Yes, they are. Oh, okay, because they're not tweeting about that. I'll tell you what, no, no mention of the veganism. Uh, part-time vegan, well, great job. This is a great hand that we're going to do with yeah, Tom Yeah, I'm Dwan. surprised that part-time vegan is the only suggester of this hand because it's Tom Dwan and there's some flashy stuff that happens. Oh, my gosh. Super flashy. Yeah. Part-time vegan, of course, suggested on Discord. There is a whole thread where you can suggest hands. Um, you can do it on Twitter, too. We have a Twitter account just like Oreo. <laughs> yes, but not one. I'm only going through the Oreo Twitter account right now. I've never gone through our Twitter account <laughs> no. while, we're on, while we're recording. Maybe stop so we can talk about that. Okay, hand. okay. All right, here we go. I'll go away from it. We're playing the Hustler Casino Live, which is, you know, the most fun cash game out there right now. It absolutely is. Yeah. Tom Dwan is here. Yes! 
he's got $273,000 in his stack. He's on the button. It is a 200, 200, 400 with a 200 big blind Annie game. 200, yes. Three blinds with a big blind Annie. Yeah. Dwan on the button has eight, nine off. Eight of hearts, nine of spades. He makes it 1.2K. Fine. I would make it bigger, but whatever. He it's knows what going. he's doing. Yeah. It's, it's all good. Some person named Krish who's not going to matter is going to call. Is Krish for fish. Exactly. Swedish fish, which probably has a pretty fine Twitter account as well. <laughs> We're going to find out. <laughs> yeah, please let me know the best Swedish fish tweet. <laughs> also, how many followers? But move on. Uh, I'm going to go with for Swedish fish, like yeah. 11K at yeah, most. Yeah, it just can't be right. At much. most. I agree. Krish is going to call with two fives. Again, not going to matter. Right. A player named Lucky, who's been making a lot of waves on the Hustler Casino stuff, is known as uh, Big Time Fish, right? Like just oh yeah, the actual fish, unlike Krish. Um, a huge fish. Yeah. Has 280K, and he's going to call from the third blind, the $400 blind, with 10-3 off. I mean, what the living hell is going on? You got Swedish fish, or? I do, but that isn't what I'm saying. Are you I'm talking, talking about I'm talking calling? About call. Why would you call a raise with 10-3 off? You're getting a really good price. Yes, you are. But you're really deep, and it can hurt. Also, you're out of position to Thomas Duanis. Like, why are you? Why, why can't we pick better hands? Lucky is here to play. Yeah, he... Yeah, he's clearly here to play, and, you know, people love that about him. Swedish Fish, by the way, with 30,000 followers. Oh, okay. So you're pretty close. I know you said, like, 11, but... What's, what's the best Swedish Fish tweet you can find real quick? Uh, looking, looking... Uh, hard... They, they, a lot of them have, like, emojis in them, so I can't really do a great job. Oh, here we go. October 11th. Fish game, dot, dot, dot. Think about it. So that's, like, a squid game tweet? Yeah, for sure it is. <laughs> For sure it is. Okay. They're working. They're, they ain't the Oreo account. I'll tell you what. I can see why they only have 30,000 flowers instead of thousand flowers instead of a million. Fish game. Think about it. <laughs> All right. Moving on. I did finish Squid Game, by the way. Oh, congratulations. Thanks. Try not to spoil it for everyone. I, I will. You, it's like you did. Oh, yeah, I did. Sorry All right. about that. So Dwan's got 8-9 off. Uh, Lucky's got 10-3 off. Those are the hands that matter. Right. $4,000 in the pot. The flop is deuce of clubs, six of diamonds, 10 of spades. So Dwan flops a gut shot. Fives doesn't love this board. And Lucky flops top pair, no kicker. Chris checks. Lucky's going to go ahead and lead the 10-3 off. What do you think about that? We often talk about yes. what if you were to lead this board? Nobody ever does. But Lucky's leading top pair, no kicker. I don't completely hate this. I would like to start off by saying that Lucky's got the wide, clearly a super wide range. Yeah. He was in the big blind. So even if we don't know he's this wide... Like, this is more his board than it is other people's boards, I would argue, right? It's more his board than Krish's board, but I oh. think Dwan opening on the button has a lot of this board and yeah, he all does. the overpairs that Lucky doesn't have. I, I agree with that. That's fair. But, like, I don't think it's awful to bet here when we... I, I wouldn't do it off the top of my head. I, I never in practice make this bet with this kind of a hand. Like, I usually am much stronger or much weaker if I'm going to donk here, and I rarely donk anyway. But I think donking is probably a good play and one that people don't do nearly enough. And if you're doing it enough, probably top pair has to be in there at least some of the time. And this is the kind of board where you might choose to do it. And three ways is exactly the kind of board where you may see more checkbacks from Dwan on this kind of a board. So I don't hate it is what I'm, what I'm ending up at. Where are you? Um, I don't hate it. I mean, it is Tom Dwan. He's going to bet a lot of the time. So I'm fine with check calling, letting him lead the action. Mm-hmm. That's, see, that's seems true. Seems like the standard play. Yeah. But uh, it can't be that bad to bet, at least, right? It's, yeah. not, it's like, like he calls with 10-3 off. To start the hand, that's horrific. Yes. This is like fine. Like maybe not ideal, but fine. Is yeah. that fair to say? Yeah. At, at a minimum. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's even good, but it's at least fine. Right. Okay. 
cool. All right, so at these stack depths, there's no flusher out there. Tom Dwan obviously cannot fold with his gut shot. No chance. So is it a call or a raise? What's the better play? Um, we are in position. Yeah. Makes me, makes me feel much more comfortable about calling. We also have a player behind us who hasn't acted, who could have a strong hand. Yeah. Um, raising is cool because it knocks that player out more of the time. If they have a one-pair hand, they're pretty much folding. Right. When they have a very strong hand, we're just charging ourselves a lot of money to never get to the it's turn. It's pretty rare. They, yeah. they have a set of deuces or a set of sixes. They're really their only yeah. strong hands, right? That's true. And so that's, sometimes those are three bets, too. Yep. If we call, we're going to get a lot of folds out of that player almost no matter what. True. Also, we don't really mind a call from that player. No. That isn't our big problem anyway, right? Like we're if, drawn to the nuts. We're drawn to the nuts. And like a, you know, if we're, if we're just calling, getting, that, getting more money in means like we, people, more people can pay us off later if we get there. And you know, we could call here sometimes also with the notion of like, well, if, if that player calls, we're more playing this as a pure draw yeah. and not like super bluffy with it. Right. But if, if he falls, then we can be much more bluffy with this more of the time. Right. Yeah. Because obviously, if we're calling in position, we aren't just calling to hit our, our card. Although we can do it a little bit when we're this deep, but still, we also have to be looking to actually steal this pot at times down the road, right? I think mostly a call in position on the button is good for Duan. We're going to get a lot of checks, and we can just steal it on the, on the turn, I think. Yeah, I agree. And I think a call is superior with this draw than a lot of cases where you have a draw because you're going to be pretty hidden if you get there. Like, your opponents aren't going to put you on 8-9 that often. What are we putting Lucky on? Uh, does Lucky have a hand like two, like a 6 Five six suited, like what do we think he's got that he's donking here? I don't, like, I don't know. I've I've heard of Lucky. I've heard that he's spewy, but I don't yeah. really know what his range would look like. Yeah, me either. Like it's one thing for him to be spewy pre flop. It's another thing to be spewy on the flop, yeah. and it's hard to know. I don't know enough about him. Haven't watched very many of these hands yet. I mean, know. he's got like if I were thinking he's donking with a lot of hands, I think he's he's donking with any gut shot that he has, and any ten and any six, and maybe any deuce. Yeah, maybe. Okay. And maybe pocket pairs, too. Yeah. He probably has less of those. Yeah, he's probably three-betting a lot of those. At least some of those, yeah. And uh, especially, like, the, good, the better ones, like, sevens plus. Yeah. Now, maybe because they're so deep. Now, knowing him, he can have anything. But he may actually call with some of those, like, pocket sevens more because the, the real value is not winning preflop as much as, like, the potential unbelievable size pots you can win post-flop if you actually hit your set. Right. So maybe you actually decide when you're this deep to not be super aggressive. Like, you want to make sure you see the flop, and you don't mind keeping the pot smaller. I don't know. He's probably not thinking about any of this. He called with 10-3 off. Yeah. Correct. You know, I think overall I like a call better than a raise for Dwan. I think so, too, mainly. But if we were out of position, I would like a raise or a fold more than a... Oh, no, we can't fold. No, no fold. Yeah, I mostly like a raise if we're out of position. More of the time, at least. I can see that. I, th- I think I'd still be okay with the call. Yeah, I agree. It can't be that bad to just call here. Um, he's not betting, what? He bets 2.5K. It's fine, right? I mean, we're yeah, we're so deep. We're 273K deep to start the hand. Yeah. There's like, a lot of money to be won. Got like 110X or so that bet still back. Yeah. It's fine. So that's good. So Dwan's going to call. Chris is going to fold. Great. This is a fabulous outcome for us. Another fabulous outcome would be if you use the link in the description mm. when you sign up for Nitrogen Sports. Yeah. That outcome would, would glean you access to our monthly tournament, the Poker Guys tournament, they call it there. But Jonathan likes to call it the automatic overlay tournament yes. because there is always an overlay. At least 40% of the prize pool is put up by Nitrogen every month. Yeah, it's a usually, damn fine deal. Usually a lot more than 40%, right? Yeah. Like, that's not, let's not throw that into the That's bushes. just the minimum. Yeah. Don't just, cover up just your up poop. From, Don't just cover up your poop with dirt and walk away, man. It's like pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> 
Perfect metaphor. <laughs> Perfect metaphor for what I just did. Yeah. And I appreciate that you called me out on it. Yeah, I mean, sure, sure. And I'll call you out if you don't use the link and play this damn tournament because it's the best iterated value in poker, Jonathan. It's Hell been going yeah. on for years and years. They're still doing it. It's unbelievable. It's better than Oreo's Twitter. That's amazing to say after the bangers that I've heard you spew on this podcast. For example, August 17th, if you've ever dunked Oreos in something other than milk, dot, 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 right to jail. Not as good. No. That's my point. Was that a Parks and Rec reference they're doing? I don't know. It almost feels like, no soup for you, but maybe that's just the way I said it. You know what I'm talking about? No. The Fred Armisen. Oh, that's right. The Venezuelan government thing. Yeah, that's right. Whatever, yeah, right to jail, right to jail. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Do you know they had apple cider donut Oreos? That's weird. Anyway, we're doing an (laughs) ad for nitrogen. (laughs) Yes. Nitrogen Sports. Once you use the link, of course, you get access to that tournament. You also get access to all of their other wonderful bounty of gambling fun, (laughs) sports betting, casino games. If you use that link, you get other cool stuff, too, like March Madness brackets where they actually pay out in Bitcoin. You don't have to pay anything for them. It's a free entry. Same thing with NFL Survivor Pools. Jonathan's just laughing as he reads Oreo's Twitter. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Very helpful with the ad. August 12th, we're literally a cookie, LMCO, which I think laughing my cookie off. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? So weird. Please continue. That's, that's it. <laughs> also, Oreo cookie on August 10th. Double stuff walks so mega stuff could run. I mean, there's a guy who gets paid to do this. Yeah. It's really whack. Really weird. But only like one tweet a day. So you don't want to, you know, I'm pretty sure brands that size have figured out like the optimal amount of tweeting to get the most engagement and stuff. Yeah. Obviously the guys, it's not this guy's sole job. It's just someone in the PR department who's one of their many duties is to like do the Oreo thing. But, or they could have hired a freelancer. I guess they could have, but probably you just, you probably just don't because then you have to, who cares? We went too deep into it. I've, I've lost interest in the Oreo Twitter account. Look what you did. You ruined it, Grant. You just don't want to have to file a 1099. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, all, it's all a big deal. Hey, Nitrogen Sports. I thought we were done. I just want to wrap it oh, up and say Nitrogen. Okay. Nitrogen Sports. Fucking they are the actual sports. sponsor of this ad, not Oreos. Yeah. But, you know, Oreos are great, too. <laughs> so maybe Nitrogen can, can you know, strap their... Strap their Tether to the rocket of Oreo and exactly. you know, fly to the moon. Maybe you guys could do a cool collab yeah. with your Twitter accounts. Right. And, you know, Oreo will be like, you know, frozen Oreo cookies while playing the Poker Guys tournament. If you know, you know. <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. Yeah. That's actually a great idea. You guys should do that. I feel for the guy who, um, the listener who was like hitting that 30 second skip button and is like, they thought they got to the end and they just heard that and they're like, God Dude, <laughs> when is this ad over? It's it never, never ends. It's never over. No, it's all one long ad. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's a long ad. Though it's all, all media is one long ad. Yep. You have to know that. But, I mean, that's life. If you didn't know that already, then guess what? Welcome to the real world. Yeah. The fucking, the world has been stripped away. The veneer of the matrix has been stripped away, and now you see what is real. The, it's all just robot skeletons under flesh. Exactly, man. We, we scorched the sky, you know? Yeah. We had to. I loved it. Batteries. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Lucky's got 10-3. Yes. Dwan's got 8-9, both offsuit, both on this rainbow board of deuce 6 10. 9,000 in the pot. Before the turn comes, Uh-oh. Lucky's going to blind bet $4,000. Why would he ever do that? I, what I want you to do is okay. take the other side. Explain yes. why Lucky blind bets $4,000. <laughs> um. Okay, 
Why would we do this? Okay, Tom just called the flop. Tom is beating us sometimes. All the hands that are beating us are going to continue to call. So we can never get a better hand to fold. With a blind bet, yeah. With, a blind, with this blind bet, right. No matter what comes on the turn. By the way, the turn is an ace. Yeah. But if Tom has jacked and he's not folding, we'll right. blind bet here. Zero percent chance. Of course. Um, okay. So that isn't going to help. Can we get worse hands to call? Worse hands might stick around, actually, no matter what the turn card is. Yeah. So actually, maybe we get some value out of worse hands, like a six. But if, like we, if, we, if, if Dwan has five, six suited, for example. This might be actually the best way to get value out of worse yes. hands on when the turn's an ace, for example. Right. Now, you need the turn of yeah. certain, certain turns. But this is a way to get value from all the worst hands, pretty much. Really can't fold when he bets 4K, I think, on the turn, right? Before, it, when it's blind. Right. Yeah. Now, there are certain cards maybe he could, like a, an eight. Now, yeah. with Dwan's actual hand, he'll call. But an eight is really bad for a hand like 6-5, right? Yeah. Because that's all the gut shots either come in or are beating you now. Well, not the lower ones. Okay, that's true. But if Dwan has 6-5, he's also blocking that. He's, yeah. He's, he'd probably fold 6-5 is my guess. Um, probably. In that spot. But, but still, when an ace comes, it's like a brilliant, perfect bet to have done blind. Yeah. Because we can actually get called by worse. In the cases when Dwan has a worse hand. Yeah. Right. Well, when he has a better hand, we're not, he, he can't put more money in unless he made, unless that ace really strongly improves him, like not one pair, but two pair. And, you know. What's the plan if we get raised? We have to fold. Don't we have to fold? I don't know. It's a weird situation now that we've blind bet. It is. It's really weird. But I think we have to fold. Doesn't Dwan just have aces up, like, way too much? I guess, but, like, should... I guess this is an interesting point, because now the ace of hearts has come, should Dwan turn his hand into a bluff now? Ah. He still has the 8-9 for the gut shot. Off the blind bet. I kind of love it. I do want to turn my hand into a bluff right now. So can you fold as lucky if you get raised? If, uh, if that's the, the thought with a gut shot? Jeez. Of which Dwan has many in his range? I mean, well, what's Dwan raising? Dwan's going to be raising strong value and some gutters, right? He's not going to raise any one pair of hands, I don't believe. I mean, Tom Dwan is pretty sick. He might raise king 10. He might raise queen 10. When the ace... Oh, no, it's before the ace. Yeah, the aces come now, but we bet blind as yeah. lucky. Lucky doesn't have that many aces. In I mean, his if range. he's able to do that, then we should absolutely be folding. If he can raise king ten and queen ten too, right? Like, I suppose those are hands that are beating us. Yeah. That's not good. Um, but even if he can't, we probably just have to fold. I mean, this is this hand has been so weird already. Let alone <laughs> where, we're, where we're going. We're going to a crazier place. Yeah, I'll just tell everyone right now. Because remember, Tom Dwan has nine high. Yeah, but um, but like for Lucky to donk and then blind bet are both really unusual plays, and. It's hard to know what you're supposed to do when you see... Like, I haven't really seen someone do this with the blind bet on the turn in this spot anyway. You know, maybe I have in my life, but almost never. I've certainly never gamed it out or thought about it. I haven't gamed it out, that's for sure. So if we were, if we were sitting in lucky seat, we bet 4000 here. The ace comes and Tom Dwan makes it $14,000. Yeah. What do you want to do and why? I want to fold. What are you going to do and why? I don't know. It's Tom Dwan, man. Is he raising all of his gut shots? The answer is no. Clearly he's going to call with his hand. But we would think he's probably raising pretty much all his gut shots here. Right? I want him to raise it. I don't want him to call, even though he's going to. I and want him to raise He has it. a lot of gut shots, right? He has 7-9 off, 8-9 yeah. off, 7-8 uh, off. Yeah. Does he have 3-4 and 3-5 off? No. But he has them suited. Has to. And 4-5 uh, off? Maybe. I don't think so, but I don't know. Definitely suited. 100% suited. There's a ton of combos there. Yeah, if he's raising with a fair amount of them, then I don't know if we can fold this hand. This is, I guess, one of the reasons why he calls, right? Is because he can't raise all his gutters because yeah. it's too many. Yeah. 
Um, there's another reason pretty clearly why he calls, which we'll get to on the river, which I don't think it's, it'd be spoilerific to get into right now. Okay. Um, do but, you, do you like the call from Dwan or do you want to do something else? I just want to race. I just yeah. want to make it easier on, on myself at this point. Like we, I think we should be, he only bets 4,000. So we really shouldn't be folding, I guess. Right. We're just way too deep. To yeah. Fold. can't fold. If we think he's hyper strong, I guess we can, we can just call, but why would we think he's hyper strong? Like really, why would we think? He's there's no, strong? there's no reason to think that that I'm, card hits our range way more than it hits his. Yeah, he he has so many things since he has ten three. He can have so many things. We may not know he can have ten three, but we have to know he's pretty wide by now. Ace X hits us, especially aces up, is much more in our range than in his. Yeah, I think he's got the tens up hands more than we do ten six and ten. He ten does. Threes. He does. You know, we've got an we got an escape valve on those, which is a, a pretty little seven could show up sometimes. You know, eleven percent of the time yeah. that's going to come in, and when it doesn't, you know, okay, that's that's it's not eleven percent. It's like whatever, um, eight and a half, nine yeah. percent, whatever. Um, but like, still, that's going to come in one out of every ten times or so. Like, so that's nice for us when it doesn't when this doesn't work. I don't know. I assume Lucky's folding if he gets raised. I don't actually know. It's hard to know. I mean, this guy is known as a spewy guy, right? I would think if it was me, I would only be blind betting with top pair and better here or, or like trash, not like other weird one pair of hands like a six or a king six, I guess, in this case, because a six is too good now when the ace comes. So I'd be able to talk myself into a fold because like 10 three is like among the worst hands I ever blind bet for value here. Like I can just fold this. That's what I would say to myself, but I would never be in the spot. So but if you're the type of player who blind bets like this, yes. you might think like, well, I blind bet and he raised me. I can't let him get away with that. As Maximilian, what's his face said to, uh, oh, yeah. you, I block bet. I block bet. You raise, I have to call. Yeah. Right. Like, so that's true. Yeah, that is true. And this is, this is the kind of card Tom might take advantage of. Interestingly enough, Tom decides not to. So what do you think about that? I talked a little bit about that. I just want to raise. What do you want to do and why? I think I want to raise too, but Duan's been playing with this guy. Maybe Duan's aware, like, if he has any sort of pair at all, he's just not folding when he takes this line. So we're just going to sometimes try and steal on the river, but mostly we're going to call and hope to hit. Yeah. We're actually in this for the seven. I think, like, wow. I think what Duan is doing is he's thinking, like, if Lucky checks the river, which he's going to do a lot when he blind bets, then the ace comes, and then Duan calls. So Duan's like, oh, he can put me on an ace really easily now. Right, like, and Duan would just call with an ace most of the time. He would. That's yeah. right. So his plan is probably to rep the ace if Lucky slows down. But how does Duan have any aces, really? Just planned aces. Like, Lucky bet into two players. Duan had a guy behind him on the flop on this board. I guess he could have... Nope, it's hard for me to come he up with an ace. He might have an a two over his ace. With, with maybe a backdoor or a flush draw, too? Maybe any have, two over his ace, but maybe with a backdoor flush draw, yeah. too. Only. I don't know if he's calling with, like, ace-queen when he's got, it, when he's got Krish behind him. Who called in the small blind or whatever it was, you know? Yeah, small blind. Like, who actually I, should have a. I something. bet he is when they're yeah? this deep. They are super deep. That, you know, there's a lot of reverse implied odds too when you're this deep when you don't have anything starting off with. But maybe Dwan thinks it's worth the navigation against Lucky in yeah. position. He also, of course, would have the backdoor straight drive, nothing else, yeah. right? And, and he gets to play in position. And maybe to him, what's, what is it, $2,500 on the flop? Like, it's nothing. I'm Tom Dwan. Obviously, always a bad argument. I clean my teeth with $2,500. <laughs> That's not a good way I to clean floss your teeth. <laughs> with $2,500. I have very bad teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I need a lot of dental assistance. Anyway. Yes. Always a bad argument to of reference course. how much money the player has as far as making their decisions. Of course. Well, from their point of view. Yeah. Yeah. But, from any point of view. Well, no. Like, a lot of people will make decisions based on... Oh, but they're not to, supposed to. Right, right. But I'm saying as we're, if, we're a, if we're against them, we can take that into consideration, of course. Okay. But if we're trying to do optimal thinking, obviously, that no. shouldn't play into it. 
And I think Dwan maybe can have some aces, and I think part of his plan is to rep those, and I don't know if he thinks it matters if it's reputable or not against Lucky anyway. Right. Okay. I mean, it's weird, because, and I'm not saying, I know we're just sort of like exploring this, right? But at one point you said maybe Tom Dwan can raise King-10, and now you're saying he's going to call with those all as one pair aces. I think he's calling with all as one pair Hands I think like he probably down. is too. I was just exploring the yeah. very edges of his value because yeah. he's, you know. I just wonder if maybe he can raise ace queen. Maybe he can. Maybe he can. Um, he might. I mean, I guess if he actually Lu- might. You know? If Lucky can call with 10 3, then Duan can raise ace queen. Yeah. I don't know if Lucky can call with 10 3, and Duan probably needs to know that before he can raise with ace queen here, right? Otherwise, well, a call makes so much sense. We'll never know any of it. Right. Good. Duan calls. Okay. Do 6 10 ace, full rainbow board. Yep. 8-9 for Duan, Lucky with 10-3, $17,000 in the pot. The river is the 10 of diamonds. Lucky wow. really is lucky. That's a pretty good card. I mean, you're still losing sometimes is lucky. Oh, yeah. Duan has 10s in his range, and uh, not, they're not all chops. It has to be worse than 10-6 to be a chop. Yeah, I think we can assume there's basically no chops. Yeah. Effectively, almost no chops here. Uh, it's a weird spot because now we have to, I think we should be betting, and we may have to call a race. Against Tom fucking Dwan. Now. Now our hand is actually strong. Yep. Uh, Dwan, so if we bet, which of course he's going to, um, we're trying to get value out of those aces. Yeah. And I guess anything else that called the blind bet on the turn that isn't a 10. Like a six. Like a six. Like pocket eights. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. See if he'll call. Um, Lucky does something interesting where he sizes it down pretty dramatically. Here. Yeah. 6K into 17K. What do you think about the sizing? <sighs> I'm not in love with it. I feel like it's pretty pretty transparently like um milking now maybe it isn't but it feels like please call me with your weak one pair of hands please i'm making it cheap for you to do sir you know and i, I don't know i don't like that i'd rather be more polarized with my sizing here well spoiler alert that's not how tom duan sees it i know uh, believe me as i said it i was very aware you know i, I walk right into the lion's den here now you would with, think, with, with eyes wide open. You would think if Dwan read it as milking, he might think sometimes it's like a pretty weak hand trying to milk a little extra value out. Like, a, like an ace. Yeah. Even. Although it'd be a weird donk with an ace, but it's lucky. It's not impossible. And then we'll you would assume. think a raise would be in order if, if you're going to put any more chips in the pot. You would think that. I'm just going to say what happens, and then we're going to talk about it. Good. Tom Dwan calls. Right. With nine high. We've seen him do this before. Against Andrew Negreanu on high-stakes poker. Yeah. Many years ago. Yeah. And we broke that hand down. It's been a long time. Did we really? Yeah, wow. it's been a very long time. I don't really remember, but my, my, the gist of it that is twinkling around and behind my eyes is, uh, <laughs> yeah. is, is that it seemed like I understood Duan's thought process, but we ultimately said like he should have raised instead of called, uh, even though that thought process made some sense. Mm. You can put him on, four, I think it was four or five exactly, and it makes sense. But why don't you raise just in case, you know, because there's some other weak hands in his range that are beating you. Yep. Um, is that the case here? That Duan should have raised or should he have just folded? Um, okay. Let's talk about the raise for a second. Because the raise is pretty interesting. If, if we raise, we're repping a pretty straightforward range here. It's mostly ace-ace, right? That's like the most obvious. I guess we can have ace-10, but it feels like ace-ace is like right there. Could we have king-10? Could we have something like, you know, the best trips? Oh, I guess we can. We can even have maybe not even the best. Maybe queen-10 and jack-10 can even raise at this sizing yeah. against 6K. Maybe. But it's weird because he's got a raise fold, of yeah. course. But that's that's part of life. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think he can. I think he can have Jack Ten and raise here. Actually. Okay. What do you think? You think that's fair? Yeah. Against the big blind specifically. Yeah. Not Krish. Krish, we can't. We can't raise Jack Ten. I don't think. No. We feel dumb. Only put maybe because it's six K. Maybe we even can go for 
a little value. But how, what's supposed to call us? Ten nine. That's it, right? That's the only hand ten nine suited. Yeah. If we have a ten in our hand, there's one. There's one combo of ten nine yeah. suited. It's probably not worth targeting. No, probably not. Okay. But that's not the case. We're against lucky. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, we're repping a uh, still a pretty thin range as Dwan. If oh yeah. yeah, it's like ace ten, ace ace mostly, right? And king ten and queen ten and jack ten. Yes. And if we slow played a set, some of those right, which we could have. Yeah. Usually not, but we could have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about why Dwan calls then. Yes. Because he called with nine high. <laughs> right. Well, this goes back to the turn. Remember yeah. when I was like, I don't want to spoil the because like he calls with nine high on the river. That means part of his call on the turn is, is for value too. He thinks he's ahead sometimes. He thinks he's ahead enough of the time that he may not have to bluff. Or not have to do anything fancy. Like right. He can just have the best hand. So here's the thought process I'm going to outline for Dwan that exists in his mind yeah. to make this call. Okay. Lucky plays all his gut shots like this. As Dwan, we have the best gut shot, and it plays. The eight and the nine both play against all the other gut shots and yeah. beat all of them. Yep. So that means that Lucky has like a ton of combos. He has his, uh, the other eight, nine combos are a chop, which I guess is a fine outcome, but not what we want. There's uh, 12 nine sevens. There's 16 of all the lower gut shots, which, which clearly Lucky has all of those combos. So there's 48 combos there. Um, yeah. There's another 16 combos of 7-8. So we're at 64 plus 12. We're at 76 combos of we win against those gut shots plus another uh, nine combos of chop. I mean, assuming he... That's them all like this. Yes. On, on every street, but sure. Yeah. So I, I don't think we can give all those combos to him, but we can give him certainly a chunk of those combos for right. sure. And clearly Duan is doing that because he calls. Right. right. Yeah. The problem is if we give him all of the tens, which clearly has every 10 in his range. Clearly. It's going to add up to a similar-ish amount if, of combos. If not more. Yeah. I would think. Um, I don't know if we as Duan would know to give him all this many tens, though. Maybe I, not. I, I wouldn't know to do that. Even though I know he's a little spewy, I wouldn't know he's that spewy. Yeah. Now, now we do. So maybe so the thought process maybe ends up being, even if he has all of those tens, mm-hmm. the price Dwan is getting justifies if you just like this guy's a, a strange player, so I don't I don't know how to like shave combos off on one side or the other, so we'll just give all the combos in both yeah. spots, and clearly we're getting the right price against that range. Here's what's weird to me about this decision though to call, with all that in mind, this is not a polarizing bet. True, this is a six k bet. If he bets 20K, this thought process makes more sense to me now, where I'm just picking the strongest and weakest parts of his range. He's betting six into... So what, but what hand does he have that you think is non-polar? Um, I guess a weak ace. He does somehow... He somehow bet Did a weak he bet ace. the and, flop? <laughs> that's, that's what I'm coming up with. Yeah. yeah, and then he got lucky on the turn and is now betting. Or he's got, like, I mean, some other weird pocket pair that he doesn't know what to do with. I mean, none of it really makes any sense, to be fair. But, it's, but this side, if he's trying to get Dwan off a, an actual hand here, like pocket eights, 6K maybe is enough to do it, but like 20K or 15K is going to do it a lot more of the time. And most people, when they're bluffing, go big, don't go small. You well, know? maybe Dwan has observed the maybe. opposite. You know, we don't know anything about Lucky. It, I, I would assume there must be some of that. But without knowing that piece, it strikes me as really odd that Dwan's inclination wouldn't be to raise or fold here rather than, you know, because cause it seems like Lucky is targeting middling hands, which means he often has a medium strength hand at this sizing. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't in actuality, but based on the sizing, that's a reasonable guess, I think. Yeah. So it's odd to me that Tuan's decision is, if he's like, I don't think he's very strong, 
not to raise. Again, sort of like what we talked about before. Now, I see he can beat all the gut shots. But if you think about it, yeah, and you think his, like, if you, if you, Dwan clearly doesn't put lucky on marginal hands. Like, it seems like he does. Or else doesn't. he would raise. Yes. So I think that makes it worth actually doing the combos of tens that Lucky has yeah, just okay. to make sure our math is okay. Okay. Sure. Let's do right. it. Um, we'll give Mace 10, even though maybe he three bets that preflop, but let's give it to him. Oh, let's give it to him. All right. So there's six combos of Ace 10. Okay. There are. I'll keep track of the numbers. All right. So then there's uh, eight combos of King 10, Queen 10, and Jack 10 each. Okay. Got it. That's right. 30. Uh, 9, 10. 810 and 710 are another 24 combos total. Okay. 105, 104, 103, another 24 combos. You're giving me all of the you give me all the tens. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Uh 106 and 10 deuce are another 12 combos combined. Okay, we're at 90. That's it. Okay. So 90 versus obviously that's a call then. Like if he if he has all the gut shots and all of the tens He's got 90 combos of value and 76 combos of bluffs, and we have to pay 6K to win 23K. Okay, that's true. And actually what it means, the much better news, is we can knock off a lot of the gut shots and still be okay yeah. here, right? Because I don't believe... Him, you... We can knock them in half and it's still fine. Way more than in half yeah. and still be fine. That's really important because... Yeah. With, so this sizing, maybe the, he feels the math demands it if he feels like somehow it's not a middling hand ever. Um, Which you know what he may be right because we don't see Lucky with a middling hand. Now maybe maybe he's wrong, but all we see is that Lucky does have a ten, right? Yes. So maybe maybe he doesn't ever have a middling hand here. Maybe you're right. May, in fact, Lucky bets four k on the. T- oh, he bets blind though. Yeah. So it's it's, it's you can't t- take anything from that. Really. No. Such a weird thing to do. And it's Lucky. really and it's really hard to put him on an ace. You know, like it, that's a real rarity. I agree. But when he bets six k, now I'm starting to think. Like, no, but the previous actions make it a real rarity. Of course, yeah. of course. I'm saying I agree. But when he bets six yeah. k, it's hard to put him on a ten. Also, like most people bet a lot more with with trip tens. Well, it's possible that Duan has observed Lucky yes. doing this type of thing with polarizing ranges. Yep. Yeah, it seems like that's very possible. I, I strongly believe that if Duan had nine seven, he would have folded. Mm-hmm. It's because he has the best gut shot. Yep. I think that makes a lot of sense. Right. By the way, um, I said the 76 combos. I didn't even include the nine combos of chop that are also in right. there, which, which <laughs> right. add a little bit to our equity. Yep. That is, that's not so bad either. Um, so the thing is, we just need to know that Lucky's really doing this with a f- reasonable amount of gut shots. And it can be, we said there were like, what, 90-ish There's, ni- value. there's 90 value. If, and there was if, like, if your math was right, it's 90, yeah. exactly. If my math was right. Well, your math was right. Okay, if... Like, our math was right. You if our combined math yeah. was right. And how many bluffs did we come up with? Something 76. like... 76. Oh, 76. So there can be, yeah, there can be like 25 combos. I think we're still like barely okay So if okay he's here, only right? doing it with a third of the gut shots. Yeah. And all of the tens, by the way. Right. So worst case scenario. Is he even doing it with a third of the gut shots? Is at least a fair question Is he doing explore. it with all of the tens? Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. The lead and then the blind yeah. bet. We can knock those down too. Yeah. So we knocked down a lot of the value. Yeah. So that's why we do all the combos, right? Right, yeah. Okay, fair enough. So we knocked, we knocked down a bunch of the value. So now he doesn't have to have that many gut shots at all. Maybe now we're down to like 10 combos of gut shots or 12 combos of gut shots, and it's mathematically correct. Yeah. So as long as he can show up with those. So I, if we're Dwan, maybe we can sit there and be like, if I've seen him do this already once today, yeah. I can call here. Right, you and know? that paired with the idea that 
if Dwan is believing he's polarized and has, you know, a 10 or better for value mm-hmm. and thinking that he can never get him to fold that hand, right. then there's no value in raising as a just-in-case. Do you think, by the way, that he could get lucky to fold this hand? No. Because it's lucky. Yeah. Because if it was you, you would fold easily, right? You know, he's strong. Well, maybe not against Dwan. Maybe not against Dwan. Yeah. But Dwan might make it 100K and then I might fold, you know. Dwan would probably make it 100K. Yeah. <laughs> like against Phil Locke when Phil Locke yeah. got like 4,000 and Dwan made it 88K or something. Yeah. Yeah. And Locke had like a bad top pair or yeah. something and really had no idea what to do and finally folded. Yeah. Which was fair. Yeah. So actually, like, this looks absurdly bad, but if given the correct assumptions, it, it like, obviously, this is highly subjective, these assumptions, but it, you can find a way to justify it. You can. Um, but you need to be right that Lucky doesn't have middling hands. And the only reason why we say Lucky doesn't have middling hands here is, well, one, the action. But the action doesn't make sense almost no matter what. But the action. But two, because Duan calls. Yeah. Right? So that we like using, it's a little circular logic to be like, well, the reason why it's okay for Duan to call is because he called, which means that just gives us evidence that must make it okay for him. To I call. mean, that's a piece of it, but it also, like, if we don't put Lucky on complete moron, like, obviously he's done some stuff that is not ideal, <laughs> but like, you might not expect a third street with middling hands. You know, you just, it's just a lot less likely than if he had a 10 mm-hmm. or, or a bluff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a 10 at least sort of makes sense the whole way, right? Sort of, yeah. A 10 and a gut shot both make... Those are the things that make the most sense. Yeah. I don't know if Lucky's even the kind of... I mean, I don't know enough about him. So you know I don't, I don't, I don't want to speculate, I guess, what kind of guy he is in terms of how he's going to play his gutters post-flop. Yeah. That's probably a mistake. But I, I want to. I really want to speculate, but I won't. I, I mean, I feel like what we came up with must be a large portion of Tom Dwan's thinking for him to take this line. I mean, there's like no chance the solver's going to want to want to call. Right? Of course not. The solver's going to hate this stuff. The solver's not going to know that lucky bet blind, though. No. Um, which does change it a little bit. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess let's see what it has to say. Okay. All right. So we had a bit of a Thanksgiving break, so we don't remember exactly everything that we said in this podcast yeah. when referring to the solver. But hey, we got the solver stuff back from Wesley, and it's time to talk about it, huh? It's time. I like how you really... It's time. We're very breathy on it's that word. Time. It's time to talk it's about time. it. It is time to talk about it because <laughs> what the hell? Tom Dwan called with nine high again. Yeah, he did. I mean, Tom Dwan was among the first people to understand some game theory concepts back in the high stakes poker early days. So maybe maybe he's ahead of the game and the solver will agree with all of his decisions here. What do you think? Um, maybe. I mean, sometimes it seems like, you know, Dwan's doing some really great stuff a lot of the time. Yeah, so maybe. And I, although it's been some time, I do remember actually understanding Dwan's reasoning yeah. for making the call. He's beating all of the all the straight draws. Of course, nine eight mostly beats and chops a tiny bit with all the straight draws. There's a lot of them out there. Of course, you need a guy who is going to donk, blind bet, bet with you know with those. And, yeah. And so and and, and we do block the straight draws, of course, which isn't ideal with the nine eight. But we can at least it'd be cool if he turned over nine seven. Let's not relitigate this whole thing. Let's yes. see what the solver spit out. This was done by Wesley Cannon, and to Dwan's to Dwan's uh, credit, right away on the flop, it does want Lucky to lead as bluffs all of his gutters with backdoor flush draws and some zero showdown hands like eight four suited mm. with backdoor flush draws. Sure, and Dwan is beating all of those hands. I mean, that is cool. Yeah. That's very cool. I mean, it's a very straightforward call for Dwan, of course, on this flop anyway, even though he's got a guy behind him. Um, uh, yeah, and, and it's nice that it, 
this is the kind of hand we think Lucky might be doing this with. Now, we're talking about, of course, GTO bot Lucky, yeah, it's not, not actual Lucky. That's not who Lucky is. We don't, we don't know. We don't know who Lucky is, right? Well, he's probably not a GTO bot. Oh, right. He's, he, I mean, probably. I guess we don't know that either. Yeah, not for sure. Anything's possible. It does definitely, the solver definitely wants to want to continue with the 9-8. Mm. Um, it yeah. actually prefers raising with this hand because this hand contains a heart, which means that uh, it unblocks the hearts that Lucky, or does block the hearts that Lucky could have, which means that Lucky usually, um, this is hard for me to yeah, figure I out tell. here. I, I can, I'm getting there. You got it? No, okay, you, got, you get there. Basically, by having a heart in her hand, there's more combos of Lucky having backdoor uh, flush draws because the other three suits are on the board. Yes, that's right. That's so, what so you is. can fold them out more easily. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is a lot of gymnastics. Yeah, if you ask it me, is. I don't know. I don't know practically how often these things happen if you're not Jason Kuhn playing Jake Schindler. You know, right? Um, but the solver is, is like, I could be Jason Kuhn and that could be Jake Schindler. I don't know, man. They all look the same to me. All you humans. Yep. Yep. All the humans. The humans all see the Ace of Hearts on the turn. Yes. Uh, which the solver wants Lucky to check with, not unsurprisingly, with his ten three. Although, surprisingly, it wants him to bet 10-8 and better for value. That is so surprising, it's, indeed. It's a kicker problem. The three kicker. <laughs> That's the problem. Like, Dwan opened, right? Yeah. Dwan was the opener. So how is 10-8 really any better well, than 10-3? Well, the solver doesn't know about opens and okay, stuff like enough. that. But, it, but it knows Dwan's range. And it, it knows can, position. And, yeah. yeah. It knows, so, like, why wouldn't it think that all Dwan's 10s are beating us, right? Maybe we're chopping with the other uh, a 10-8 suited. But basically, we're losing to all Dwan's 10s that continue. It feels like we're folding out a bunch of stuff. It's a rainbow board. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's some straight draws. Okay, it's it's very odd to me that that the that the the machine wants to bet here. Yeah, well, in Lucky's a point in Lucky's favor here is that he didn't know what the turn was before he. That bet. is true, and so, the solver doesn't know that. Right, we, there's no way to tell. There's the no solver blind that. bet <laughs> option on the solver. Wesley's working on that. He's trying to do the algorithmic work on that. Um, so this is where the solver starts to despise what Tom Dwan does. It wants him to fold 100 percent of his nine eight on yeah. this card. Yeah. So. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that, but I mean, the solver doesn't know that. Okay, if if we if we assume that the ace comes down and now we get a bet instead of lucky was just yeah. getting blind. Now sometimes we're losing aces up, right? And we only have four outs. Um, I mean, we may have been losing to a ten anyway, which we were. So we only really had four outs anyway. But we had in theory we had more outs when he bets again when the ace. It's so strange that he bets, right? Um, I was saying you at least before this podcast, and maybe earlier on in the show as well, but before this part of this recording post-Thanksgiving, I think Dwan should be raising here a lot, and I'm, I'm surprised he doesn't rather than call. Yep. But uh, the solver's like, you know, you got to fold, bro. Just get out of there. You block the bluffs, bro. Get out. And it would have been great if he did because he wouldn't have lost all this money that he yes, lost. Yes, he wouldn't. Yes. Uh, on the river, the 10, of course, pairs, giving Lucky an actual good hand, and the solver wants Lucky to bet, unsurprisingly. Yes. Surprisingly, though, it actually wants him to bet any ace that he might have as what? well. How can it be? I don't. I don't know. Because if we don't block the ten, what are we hoping to get called by anyway? By Dwan, Dwan now has to have two sevens and is just calling. Yeah, just stationing. Now I guess he would be. Yeah. Maybe or maybe not. Sevens block straight draws two. Maybe he wouldn't. I don't know. I don't know. But it's hard to imagine you're getting called by a hand like two sevens. You'd be targeting an ace if you had trip tens, right? Yeah. If you have an ace, what are you targeting? I don't know. You need to have like a great ace. And how do we have a great over ace? pairs? Over pairs of the ten. Yeah, maybe. Okay, maybe over pairs to the 10. But that's, that's asking a lot. Um, asking a lot also is for Tom Dwan to win when he calls here. <laughs> yeah. The solver hates Dwan's river well, call. Yeah. Absolutely hates it. And the big reason being that he, he blocks Lucky's most likely bluffing combos, which consist of eight and nine, nine high hands. Of course. Yeah, because they're mostly gut shots or, or backdoor flush draws that have no showdown value. Right. Um, yeah, so uh, 
the solver. The, the, the Skynet really hates Tom Dwan, and we'll, we'll eliminate him. And maybe what it'll, it'll do is go back like 100 years and kill his progeny, or his reverse progeny, yeah. I should say. The old reverse <laughs> progeny move. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a thing. It will be now, anyway, now yeah. that I put it out into the world. Everybody's going to be like, I'm going to pull the reverse <laughs> progeny on that piece of shit. Yeah. It's over for him. Let's go find his great-great-grandfather and yeah. be like, one day... You will not have a child because you will not have anything. Yeah. And then we kill him. I take your life. The end of podcast it's not now. Weird. It's not weird. <laughs> Music is my sunlight and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm going to be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home.